Hello there. This is Howard, back with the third segment of a special series of podcast episodes from the Susquehanna Historical Society and Free Library Association, Off the Shelf. The purpose of this series is to educate our public, especially any new commissioners, new association board members, new library staff members, and most important, our patrons to capture the history and culture of the association. With that background, let me welcome you again to the Off the Shelf podcast. This is episode three of eight. Each episode covers one or more of the different areas of the organization, and today we're going to hear from Betty Smith, Historical Society Curator, for an overview of the Historical Society. I think you're really going to enjoy Betty's segment. I learned so much about Susquehanna County and our association in working with this episode. So now let's go ahead and listen to Betty Smith. Hello, my name is Betty Smith and I am going to tell you something about the Susquehanna County Historical Society, the early years, 1890 to 1907. There is little doubt that Emily Blackman's publication of the history of Susquehanna County in 1873 brought about the idea of creating a historical society that included the whole of Susquehanna County. Miss Blackman gathered information from its oldest inhabitants while their memories were still sharp, she visited by train, carriage, or wrote letters. She found diaries or journals written by pioneer settlers recounting their journeys here, what they found upon arrival, built their cabins, planted their gardens, and raised their families. The building of the mills, blacksmith and shoemaker shops, stores, doctors, newspapers, and more, formed the backbone of the new county of Susquehanna. After the first settler came to this wilderness in 1787, W.C. Cruiser, editor of the Montrose Democrat, put out a notice encouraging men and women to think about the idea of forming such a society. And in subsequent editions of the Democrat, the favorable responses were published and a meeting was held at the courthouse on May 31, 1890. Great enthusiasm was manifest in all the addresses by the various members, and a permanent organization was the result. A constitution and bylaws were drafted, and on September 13th, they were read, amended, and adopted. W.L. Thatcher was the first elected president of the society. The momentum and interest did not die, and the society was incorporated, and the first annual meeting was held in January of 1891. Professor B.E. James was elected president at that time, and a committee of one from each township and borough of the county was appointed to assist the officers in gathering history and historical records. Of the 19 appointees, seven were women. 
Each year from 1891 to 1901 reveals nearly the same story of earnest work from the earnest workers. As the collection grew, anxiety grew as to where to house the collection. A bequest was made in 1902 by the late F.G. Boyd of nearly $1,000 and prompted donations from others. In January of 1904, General Edward A. Warner presented the Society with $4,000 for the erection of a suitable building. In 1905, ground was broken between the courthouse and the high school for the Society's home when a communication was received from Francis R. Cope, Jr. of Philadelphia that the Cope family, who once owned large tracts of land in Susquehanna County and maintained a property in Dimmick, wanted to provide a memorial library building for the county. That included merging its funds with the existing historical society and its funds. The merger of historical society and library was approved and a site was chosen. Building erected and formally dedicated November 8, 1907. At this meeting, Francis R. Cope, Jr. was chosen president. B.E. James is credited with guiding the scope of the society and mapping its course during the 10 years of his untiring service as its president. One cannot dismiss the details of the erection of the building. A.E. Badgley of Binghamton was awarded the contract and worked from the plans prepared by the architects Cope and Stewartson of Philadelphia. The contract price was $18,367. Additional funds from the estate of Clementine Cope by the provisions of whose will a fund sufficient to erect and maintain a building was endowed to the association. As described in Marion Baker's History of the Susquehanna County Historical Society and Free Library Association, the first actual county library in Pennsylvania was, in the beginning, the Susquehanna County Historical Society. Article 2 of the Constitution states the purpose of the society. Its object shall be to make antiquarian collections, to collect, preserve, and disseminate the local history of Susquehanna County and the genealogy of Susquehanna County families, to promote a knowledge of history generally, to enlarge literary talent by association and discussion. The charter which had been granted April 13, 1891, was amended November 21, 1907, to read as follows. The name of the corporation, the Susquehanna County Historical Society, shall be amended and changed so as to read as follows. The name of the corporation shall be the Susquehanna County Historical Society and Free Library Association. The second article goes into detail as to the purpose for which it was formed. The Middle Years, 1907 to 1966. The first major gift to the Historical Society was from the late Raymond Myers Tingley when it received the collection of his historical and genealogical books, portraits of his mother and father, 
and $100 to care for the books. The need for additional space was deemed necessary with the expansion of the library's book collection and historical articles on the second floor. On August 20, 1956, ground was broken for the new addition to the building, and it was dedicated November 7, 1957, thanks to, leg to the legacy of Gertrude Warner Howe and supplemented by donations. The Historical Society greatly benefited with more space for display of artifacts. Miss Pauline Cruiser was, from 1922 until 1960, a member of the staff of Library and Historical Society, where she served in almost every capacity during her employment. She was the Society's first director. In 1937, Mrs. Mabel Lyons was hired as second assistant librarian and became head librarian from 1948 until 1966. After her retirement as head librarian, she was named curator of the Historical Society, working two days a week. Mabel retired in 1978 and was replaced with the hiring of Kathleen Farrell Karoski. Elizabeth Smith replaced Kathleen in 1980. 1970 up to today. Historical Committee, Friends of the Historical Society. The Historical Society's committee, in order to supplement the work of part-time employees, became the backbone of the Society during the sparse years when historical artifacts were donated and cataloging was imperative. A numbering system was developed and according to the very first catalog, number one was the History of Susquehanna County, 1873, written and donated by Emily C. Blackman on September 13, 1980, followed by number two, History of Brooklyn Township, PA, by Edwin A. Weston, presented January 10, 1891. In 1926, a new catalog was started with the words, Recataloging with Card Index, and the very first artifact in the numbering system was number one, donated by Mrs. Lou Kent Wilson, a brand, Branding Iron, belonging to Henry J. Kent. Montrose R.D. or Bridgewater Township. Number two was a flail donated by S.E. Hart and identified Centennial 1925. The third entry was crossed out and number four donated by Harry Bunnell Smith was a shotgun owned by Phineas Smith, Harry's great-grandfather, 150 years old in 1925. All in all, Emily Blackman seems to be the winner as her book appeared first, with the earliest date. There must have been a change of direction in cataloging according to the third book, which copied the second book, but started to eliminate donations or loans that were not connected to Susquehanna County. They were labeled in red as foreign, and numbering was changed to reflect those eliminated. But hold on, now we have a fourth book, and you only have to go through the third to realize they had to clean up all the eliminated numbers and start anew. 
This book took us to number 2,549, cataloged in November of 1982, and on to the next book, ending in 3,183, September 2, 1986. You may have guessed what happened next. We bought a computer. As of today, March 22, 2022, every item in the collection is now on computer, and the next number showing is number 7,188, which so far has 108 items of the McGorry Collection, Irish Families of Susquehanna County. This collection is only partially cataloged, so if you are interested, call to see what the next number is. To understand the numbering system in our catalog, the number 7,188 does not reflect the entire collection. Within a number, for example, number 3,158, there are 221 pieces, ranging from textiles, furnishings, farm equipment, photographs, to name a few. There are double or triple items in the collection if counted separately. Reprints. The Reverend Garford Williams was his family genealogist, writer of family history, and avid researcher from age 14 until his death in 2002. Garford also recognized the need to expand history to those who were not privileged to own a copy of our two county histories. In essence, he convinced our committee to re reprint both histories. A total of three reprints have been done for each history, and continuing with reprints of the 1872 Beers Atlas of Susquehanna County. All reprints come with a complete index. The sale of the books not only provided funding to erect a new stone on Emily Blackman's grave, but helped pay for other needs not budgeted. It also provided funds to pay for subsequent reprints. Ever since the first reprint of Blackman's history, our curators and committee never found the need to ask for funding outside of what was earned. Once the reprints were off and running, Reverend Williams kept pushing the staff to publish a semi-annual journal of genealogy and local history. With his promise to write articles, we came up with a prototype for the first journal, published in-house in November of 1989. It was only a few pages in length, but each journal thereafter got bigger and better until we stopped at 50 pages. As our work and visitation grew, our ability to publish semi-annually became a chore. Our journal is now published annually with a total of 80 to 85 pages and outsourced for a more professional look. It is sent as part of our membership offerings. The 100 Years Ago column is published weekly in our three county newspapers in Montrose, Susquehanna, and Forest City. It was started 30 years ago as a way to inform, within a brief sentence or paragraph, as to what was happening in the county, written exactly as it appeared. It has proven to be a popular column and also helps to promote our society. Exhibits. There is nothing that compares to an empty auditorium and a husband that loves to create exhibits. So, 
when 1980 came along and I first walked up the stairs to the museum on March 1st, I realized how much of a responsibility I was about to take on. Was I prepared for this? Maybe not. Did I feel intimidated? Probably. But I was also feeling a new sense of place and wanted to bring about new ideas and show what we had in a museum filled with gems. The feeling didn't last as I climbed the last step, looked at the door, and realized that my first day was certainly going to be a challenge. The museum door was ajar, not naturally, but forced, and I cautiously went inside. My instinct was to run, and I did, to Marion Baker, our librarian, to report a robbery. How is that for an introduction? To use a phrase, don't shut the barn door after the horse has gone, is exactly what happened. We did not protect ourselves. An alarm system was installed immediately. Now, getting back to exhibits. The first was furniture makers, picture painters, followed by Witness to a Civil War, which earned an award of merit from the Pennsylvania Museum Commission. Scenic Susquehanna County, large photographs of county towns, scenes, farms, etc. The Bride wore plaid, wedding dresses from the early to late 1800s. Cornets and quick steps, bands of Susquehanna County from the early 1800s to the early 1900s. This also earned an award of merit from the Pennsylvania Museum Commission and an honorable mention from the American Association for State and Local History. Also, we did exhibits on flags, quilts, and more. There came a time because of the expansion of the collection when we had to add more showcases into the exhibit room. This, in effect, made it impossible to install large exhibits and ended an era we so loved. Information. Did I mention our family history, genealogy, photograph, and local history department? In the white glove room are rows and rows of photographs separated into geographic locations, parades, homes, individual portraits, or snapshots, and bookcases filled with published histories from Pennsylvania, New York, New Jersey, New England, Ireland, England, Civil War, and Revolutionary War. We also have file cabinets dedicated to family history, black history, railroad information, map drawers, cemetery files, subject files, postcard collections, vertical files which contain important papers, deeds, etc., and subject files. We strive to give our collection the best possible chance to survive by using the most up-to-date preservation materials with proper exhibit and storage methods. Before, during, and living with COVID. As in 1955, overcrowding became an issue. The library had grown substantially with books and staff, and the Historical Society was packed with no room to expand. It was time to plan for the future, and the first was to eliminate any aspect of building expansion on Monument Street. There was no place to go. When fundraising started, the Montrose Area School District offered several acres to build a new library. All that was needed were the funds to do so, 
As you will hear in Sue Stone's report, how did we get to where we are today? Yes, we have a beautiful new library, thanks to the efforts of a dedicated board of trustees, the leadership of Sue Stone, donations from those who love libraries and reading, and an endowment from a former chairman of the Historical Society and president of the board, Eleanor McCage. She made it happen. With funds available after the library was completed and running, the Historical Society came next with the renovation of our 1907 building. There was no place to hide. The staff persevered through painting everywhere and everything, electrical wiring and new fixtures, floors retiled, collections and showcases moved from place to place, dust and dirt, and sometimes a moody staff and workers. With the help of Bob Smith and Leon Swackhammer, the dust cleared, exhibit walls and floors were put in place, paintings cleaned, furniture polished, and everything inside showcases that needed cleaning was tackled by staff and volunteers. Next came exhibits, looking at how to get the large wheel bicycle to stand without falling over. Thanks to Mark McNaughty and his magic steel brace, it is stable. And the ice tools, where and how will they go up? The blacksmith shop, the barber shop, shoemaking, winter sports. Come and take a look. No sooner had we opened to the public and became comfortable with the outpouring of volunteer docents, our new office and genealogy room on the first floor, a museum with space to see everything, and a basement full of storage room and shelving. COVID-19 came along to dominate every aspect of everyone's lives up to this point. We adapted, as did everyone, and after a brief closing, we kept our doors open with guidelines adhered to dictated by the number of infections that periodically changed. During this period, our staff, instead of pulling back with outreach, increased our presence on Facebook and created a blog. We also started our first museum store, selling reprints, copies of used local histories, Pennsylvania County histories, and used books of all kinds, jewelry, frame prints, and more. As I said two paragraphs, please come and take a look. Thank you. Betty Smith, Curator. This is Howard again, back for a wrap-up. This finished up our third segment of our overview of the Historical Society and Free Library Association. Thank you, Betty Smith, for your information about the Historical Society. If as a listener you've got any questions, you can either contact me and I'll get with Betty, or better yet, drop into the Historical Society and ask Betty personally and to check out the museum and the, and the facilities over there. And then we'll get you an answer either from Betty or the staff over there or from myself here in a future podcast. Looking ahead at our next episode of our eight-part series, we're going to start hearing from the branch managers. And the first one will be branch manager Angie Hall covering the Halstead Great Bend Library Branch. 
This episode should be released a week from today, or if you're hearing this in the future after all the episodes have been released, you'll be able to download it immediately. Be sure to subscribe to our Off the Shelf podcast so that all future free episodes will be automatically downloaded to your device. This is Howard, wishing you a great week, and now I'm off to find a good recent movie to check out here at the library. Did you know that we have almost 8,000 movies that you can check out here at the library? In addition to our online streaming offerings through a service called Canopy. And if you're not familiar with that, ask at any of our front desks. I want to thank you, too, for your support in the website. And a lot of times people wonder, well, how can I get more involved in the library? What can I do to support the library? Well, there's a couple of ways. The number one way is have a library card. we got 41,000 people here in Susquehanna County, and it's great to know that a very high percentage, in fact, close to 50% of the county residents have a library card. Well, if you don't have one, come get one and find out about all the great services that we have and that we provide. Secondly, you can provide financial support, either through the annual Blueberry Festival, the Pottery Sale, or one of our fun drives. And as far as the podcast is concerned, you can actually go to the library website, go to the anchor.fm website, and when you find us on there, you can subscribe to the website. That keeps you listening, but you can also provide a donation. And there's three amounts starting as low as 99 cents per month. So if you find value in what you're listening to when you listen to our podcast for 99 cents a month, thank you in advance for supporting us. This is Howard. We'll be back with another episode soon. And if you've got any comments or questions, please let us know.